Revenge of the 80s Kids has been rated P for podcasts. Gentlemen, we have a post box. Wow, that sounds heavy. Indeed it was, gentlemen. Indeed it was. But as it represents the salvation of the 80s kids cartoon show, I did not in any way object to paying the extra dollars to bring it home in the cab. Cool beans. Let's get a look at all the outrage and indignation we're about to drop on the channel executive's table. <clears throat> But I should point out that my out-of-pocket expenses have left me a bit short for chipping in for the pizza later. Your plight is noted and will be forgotten presently. Come on, get the box open. Uh, That's not quite as many letters as I had hoped for. If you were only hoping for four letters, Leo, then I'd think you'd way underestimated the numbers we'd need to get a second season. Still, all is not lost. Maybe one of those contains the key argument that will sway opinion in our favour. Let's take a look, shall we? To whom it may concern... I would just like to register my indignation and outrage at the cancellation of the 80s kids cartoon show. The mere existence of this show has given me a whole new lease of life, inspiring me to take up salsa dancing, and hence opening up a whole new social circle with many exciting opportunities. Well, I wasn't expecting that, but it's good. Carry on. Your harsh decision opens up the very real possibility Ian may not be able to sustain his new lifestyle and may end up returning to his family home, miserable and alone. The thought of having this waste of space back in his room, chewing through bag after bag of Doritos and cheesy dips and Skyping his weirdo Doctor Who friends fills me with a kind of icy dread. Hold on. Oh, It's from your mother, isn't it? Yeah, let's just... well... We can't really use that one, I don't think. Uh, Let's look at the others. Don't bother. I recognise the handwriting on the others. That one's from my parents. That one's from Leo's. But there are four letters. So, in total, we have one usable letter. It had better be bloody good. Do you want to do the honours, Leo? (laughs) Sure. Mr. Teller. They learn the name of our producer. Classy. I am writing to implore you to give the show Adventures of the 80s Kids a second season. I know that the first season is full of tired jokes, cardboard characters and limp plot lines, uh, but I think I have an idea that might just save the series. Hello. This looks like the stuff. What the show really needs 
is a woman's touch. A bunch of boring men tromping about through time and space in a Rubik's Cube isn't going to win many fans, but imagine the time machine was censured, in fact married, to... What? Sue? Yeah? Did you write this letter? What letter? The one about our show needing a woman's touch. Oh, that one, yes. When I asked you to contribute to the letter-writing campaign to save our show, I didn't exactly have this in mind. What's all this stuff about limp plot lines and tedious characters? Well, it is the truth, isn't it? Anyway, I did have a feeling that the campaign might not work out. So I rang Phil this morning and pitched him my ideas over the phone. You did what? Oh, no. Well, that's the end of that, then. He thought the idea might have legs, so he greenlit a Christmas episode to see if it pulls in the viewers. I can't believe that you went behind my back and... totally saved our show! Oh, my God, you're amazing! I know, I know. Bill said he'd have to sneak it past the exec, but as long as they don't see what's going on and cancel it before it airs, we might be okay. Yeah, we all know that network executives like nothing better than to play fair. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Hmm, I don't care. I'm going to take my advance and go buy a house. What? No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, here we are in 80s Kids Towers now, and uh, this week... As you may have guessed from the opening skit, we are considering a 2000s telly, and the attack we've taken on this is that we've noticed there are two distinct camps of 2000s telly. Either something went on to have more than three series, or it had less than three series, but there are very few that actually had bang-on three series. And this time, we're going to consider those what we've decided to call one or two season wonders. Uh, now, uh, I'm here, I'm Leo, and if I'd been cancelled, uh, it would probably be because of excessive fast food product placement. Uh, joining me tonight are Ian, and if you were a series that was cancelled after one season, Ian, why would they have cancelled you? Uh, incomprehensible plotline. Uh, right, and also we have Justin. Justin, if you were a series that had been cancelled after one set of shows, well, what what would you be cancelled for? Inappropriate product placement. Ah, different to mine, obviously, not junk food. Inappropriate product placement. So, yes. ex- and- example of this would be? Um, Lederhosen. In, <laughs> like that. in what that context is, would that have been bad? You're trying to sound like you're out of context now. You, even though you're really here. <laughs> that is mental. Um, and, uh, and finally, uh, if you were cancelled after one season, Sue, why would you have been cancelled? Too controversial for people to handle. Yeah, you can't <laughs> handle the truth. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, actually, a lot of things. I mean, the thing is, people do moan about their favourite series <laughs> getting cancelled. Let's spend no more than five minutes at the outside talking about Firefly and then it's gone. (sighs) Firefly, Firefly, Firefly. Yes, people still, there are many people out there who still 
have a burning candle of no, hope what? in their breath that one day it will come back. <laughs> I'm not one of them. But it's not going to happen, is it? No. Let me explain how, how I'm totally cool with the situation with Firefly. I never saw the series when it was contemporary on. In fact, uh, I, I had a sort of mark against it because one of my friends was a huge Dark Angel fan. And Dark Angel was cancelled so they could make Firefly because Fox can only make one series of a particular type any one time. I don't know. Uh, and so I, was, so I was a bit kind of, hmm, and I caught like a brief fragment of it of the space western my friend was was ranting about and it was a particularly bad episode where people were going around in frocks and stuff and shooting with ray guns so i thought it was a bit kind of hmm uh and then the film came out and i went and saw the film my film was the first exposure i ever had to it and so then i went back and i saw the series and it was wonderful how it all kind of gelled together into the movie which kind of capstoned for me uh you know the series itself and so it's always kind of been a complete package. And yes, I would have loved to have, if there had been more TV movies on the sci-fi channel or something at the time. But given how much has elapsed, I'm kind of okay with the state of things. It would be nice if there was more, but I felt what we had was sufficient to tell a story. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think it's done now. And I think too much time has gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my thing is that I think a lot of the initial impetus for the wailing and gnashing of teeth at the at the cancellation of Firefly was down to the fact they were like, well, here's Joss Whedon and he created Buffy and then he went and did Firefly and the network didn't like Firefly and they didn't want Firefly to succeed and they crushed Joss Whedon's face into the dirt. You know, he was, he suddenly, he'd gone from you know, Joss Whedon who made Buffy and revolutionised Deli. He went from that to being like, oh, he made Firefly and it, it didn't really work out, and 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 now he's sad and 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 you know he deserved better, but now he's like Joss Whedon, uber nerd of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that sort of feeling of like, basically, there could be no bigger middle finger to Fox than Joss Whedon's current status in life. It, there is no, it is the perfect absolutely perfect he couldn't have been written better come back than to be like yeah you know the thing that the entire world western world hangs on everything that comes out and he is sat like thanos in his floating (laughs) chair in the center of all of this like yeah you could have given me another series of firefly but I, I got other stuff to do now, so whatever. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, well, there we go then. That's Firefly. It's over. You know? it, it kind of fits though, because obviously Firefly fans call themselves brown coats. I think what the brown coats is, they lost the war. So in many ways, the whole kind of losing streak sort of thematically fits with being a Firefly fan. You, you lose the war against the Fox Empire. I mean, I think if there, there wasn't a Serenity movie, then obviously I think there would still be this like, what if? But, now that that exists, which wrapped up some key things, which obviously would never have been revealed except over series arcs, you kind of go, well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, that's 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 what was originally wanted to 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 tell, and there it is, and it's fine. And there could have been a sequel to that, possibly, but that time has gone. And um, as much as I love Firefly, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's it's a- great. Yeah, I think there's a thing where what I've noticed is that Firefly Universe is one that a lot of people want to live in. But in all the experiences of role-playing games, live role-playing games, board games, all those other types of experience where you put people into that situation, 
what you realize is that what people really want is a life that's scripted by Joss Whedon. <laughs> and it, it's just, you don't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't pop. It could have been terrible. And it was the, the, you know, the skill of blending those things together is what made it special. So really, Joss Whedon's fine. He's live and doing pretty well for himself. So, uh, you know, I mean, and, and, on the other hand, you know, I think one of the things that might have really irritated people is if Dollhouse had got more than two seasons, which it, I mean, the fact that Dollhouse got two seasons is pretty remarkable to me. People who are big Joss Whedon fans assure me that after those episodes that I saw that were like, oh my God, my brain is fizzling out of my ears. It got much better in inverted commas, but I can't tell because I've never watched them and I, I don't see how the fact is that I had a fundamental disagreement with the way the show operated. Mm. I don't see how that could get a lot better. I saw, one of, I saw one of them and I, I, I think I agree with you. I just found it rather distasteful. I just don't, I didn't like the concept of it. No, exactly. Really, I think it's a bit, yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Just are, you, are you familiar with this, Ian? There's an organisation which has people with no memories. Uh, and they implant personalities in them to implant them in to do missions. Yeah, sort of like Sexy Joe 90. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, you know, prostitutes, brothels and Joe 90 kind of yeah. stuff. It's, a, it's not a very nice Yes, mix, <laughs> that's really. where Joe 90 becomes a red boy. Let's not talk about that one again, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, that's the thing. There's no way you can talk about it and not come out feeling... Oh, my mouth needs a shower now, you know, and it's like, how does they, how do they, how does that get better? And then, of course, they go to a great lens to go, ah, but they don't just hire them to have sex with them. They also do other stuff as well, which is what we're going to concentrate on. It's like, yeah, but unfortunately, the way you've set it up. Yeah, I mean, they could have just done that as agents like Joe 90, and it just would have been a retelling of that, which would have been. I'm sure fine. To, 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 to leap fanboyish to Whedon's defense, I understand there was an element of executive interference. Whedon initially had it that the, uh, I forget what they're called, the dudes that have their memories blanked, but there was going to be a full age range of them. But Fox wanted, no, young, attractive people, please. We don't want any old people on, on as part of the team. But I think, I think that oh, yeah, also... I would have definitely watched it if it had aged boars in it. First of all, it's a little bit expensive for being a prostitute, really. People can buy prostitutes now and they don't need to have the memories wiped. That doesn't matter. <laughs> Whereas actually, private, I mean, the thing is, they could have really played up private military contracting. People who have their memories wiped because they're going to iffy places, yeah. shooting iffy people for iffy reasons, and then they have their memory wiped again. And they, they have Ooh, their maybe they did. We don't know. We didn't see it. <laughs> no, it could have been Joe, Joe Naughty's, but we didn't get that. So, well, no, I mean, what I'm saying, well, it, yeah, OK, if it eventually turned into that, fine. But right at the beginning, it was it was the uh, fembot. I couldn't get over it. it was so, a bit, yeah, it felt like, yeah, my soul was a bit tainted watching this. There's something a bit wrong with it. Yeah. So uh, essentially, there's that. And that got two seasons. Firefly only got one, which is one of the things that people used to say at the time. Like, How did that get two seasons? I mean, yes, I know it's Joss Whedon, but. Well, but the whole thing going into is how long is this going to last before Fox cancel it? Well, of course, I mean, the thing is, I think that they could probably stand that because it was a bit cheaper. Mm. I remember well the, the, um, 
the thing about on the commentary of Firefly about the episode where they had the space brothel, and because it was one of the first ones they shot, they were like, "Oh, it's a space brothel. Let's cover it in tinfoil." What? <laughs> no, it was actually. I think. I think again, that was executive interference mean. going. Why isn't this uh, old this shack on this planet more sci-fi? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Bako foil. So uh, yeah, so there we go, and and that's that. Yeah, it is executive interference indeed. Um, to move on uh, to uh, kind of segue off the thing that that got cancelled to allow Firefly to have its. Brief, glorious moment, not really brief or, well, not really glorious, very brief in the sun. Dark Angel. That was alright. I mean, I, think it, I saw two or three of them, it was okay. I think, I think it was deeply okay. I think that was the problem with Dark Angel was that it was, the first season particularly was really died in the wall okay. You know, under the dictionary for okay television, it's just got a picture of the cover of Dark Angel season one. I think it's, it sounds like it's going to be more, doesn't it? It sounds like it's, in my head, I'd imagine it would be like superhero, kind of really dark. But when I watched it, I just remember thinking, it's alright. Well, it was supposed to be, I think that one of the things about it is they went, oh, we're going to make it a bit urban, mm. urban in the early 2000s. So, uh, you know, all their bicycle careers and they listen to hip hop and they're in Seattle. Right. It's hip, kind of hipster. They kind of missed a lot of boats. It wasn't properly urban. It wasn't properly hipster. It wasn't properly anything. It was just what it was. And there was supposed to be something that had happened that had set technology back in some way. There was a pulse. Not. There was electromagnetic pulse, I believe. Yeah, but it should change the power balance. <laughs> so, so we have post-apocalyptic hipsters. Oh my god. Uh, it was just, I mean, yeah, it was like, they were just about getting away with it. In the second season, they changed the setup slightly, and Kevin Durant came in as a regular actor for a rare occasion playing a character who was not evil. Kevin Durant plays a lot of bad guys and mad people. And in this, he played sort of like <clears throat> a, a character who's very similar to, oh, but, in many ways. He's like a cross between Quasimodo from the Walt Disney Quasimodo, uh, Hunchback film and uh, Beast from Beauty and the Beast. He's like a cross between those two. And he was really good. I remember at the time going, that is a really good character. And uh, really it was like uh, probably quite a shady crap character that was being played by an actor I have a lot of time for. And yeah, that I really loved that character and that season was lifted a little by that. But it was too late already by then. People were just a bit there's only so long you could go, oh, I, I watched this okay series. It's like, oh, I'm not really that devoted to it. I'll <coughs> skip it. Do you know what I mean? That's the end of that, really. So, yeah, there we go. That was, that was Dark Angel. Uh, I feel that we need to go somewhere to get away from Dark Angel. And uh, what, is there anything that you would like to discuss, Ian? Well, is, uh, surveying the list, there's large swathes of it I don't know anything about. So in many ways, picking one I know feels like having all my stuff up front. So to pace myself out, I'm going to pick one I know nothing about whatsoever. And you can wax lyrical to me about what I missed. So can you tell me something about Odyssey 5? Oh, now, Odyssey 5. Do you know anything about this, Justin? No, no I tend... This is one of the problems <clears throat> with Odyssey 5, because I think that... If you like role-playing and you like running role-playing games in any way, when you watch the pilot of Odyssey 5, you go, this is a fantastic start to a role-playing campaign. 
and, and then you go, well, I hope nobody else watched that because I can spring it on the players. Because what happens is, in the very beginning of the very first episode, a space shuttle has gone up to fix a satellite or a like a, an array on a space station. They're all up there, <clears throat> poncing about doing mm-hmm. spacewalks and pretending to be like, you know, gravity and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and the Earth gets destroyed while they're up there. They just watch and it's like, it all goes flaming and like, Earth turns into a cinder. <clears throat> and then this alien turns up and says, Vogons! Yeah. No, sorry. And, well, this alien turns up after the fact that says, yeah, uh, this happened to my planet as well, and I'm the last of my race, and I've come across it. I tried to get here a bit earlier, but it turns out I'm too late. But is a, there is an out. I can send your consciousnesses five years back into the past. So you remember everything that's happened up until this moment, but you'll be five years ago in the past, and you'll have time to work out what's going to happen to the Earth and to save everybody. What a what and a great setup because well, it allows five years worth of storytelling. Yeah, and we don't really yeah, and we don't and then oh well we don't really have a choice. We've got nothing to go back to. We're gonna die out here in space otherwise. So go ahead, Mr. Alien Man, <laughs> do your magic. And they all get sent back in five years in the past. And the end of the episode, the pilot episode, they run into a warehouse and uh, put some bleach in a in a tank of weird alien goo and go, yeah, we're ready to fight the aliens. And in the second episode, they have to deal with the fact that uh, they know that a girl is going to get abducted because it was a national news story and they know where she is. Because they were there when the body was found and they're, you know, are they going to interfere or what are they going to do? And yeah, fair enough. I thought, okay, you're going to do a first episode. Let's see. Let's test the waters a bit and do something a bit off the beaten track because you don't want to be every episode is part of this whole thing. And then there's an episode about one of them decides he's not going to bother saving the earth and he's going to make, he's going to find a woman who becomes a massive pop star and become her agent before she's famous. And uh, you see where this is going. Like, basically, after the first fantastic episode, they just go, oh, you know that whole plot we just set up? Yeah, forget about that. We won't bother with that. And they just do weird things. And you're like, <laughs> after five episodes, you're like, this, I cannot do this anymore. And you stop watching it. But yeah, it was a great setup. And I, you know, you love to see the looks on your players' faces when you say, yeah, I'm going to make a space game, you're all going to be astronauts and stuff, it's going to be really interesting. And then you go, and then the Earth's destroyed. What? And then an alien turns <laughs> up. And, uh, it was priceless, just for moments. <laughs> and then GM's like, where you just go, ah, I got you. <laughs> it was um, fantastic. Uh, but yeah, and then you could do it properly, because you could actually have a plot where they actually go and save the Earth. Instead Rather of, than just re- remember not to lend their lawnmower to their neighbour. <laughs> yeah, because he never gives it back. Oh, he never <laughs> gave it back. So basically, it was like a MacGuffin, so you could have a group of characters and knew what the future was yes. going to be. Well, yeah, they kind of knew thing, uh, big things that would happen in the future. Which is, I suppose that's fine if you want to make a film about that, where people's consciousness gets sent back five, back, back five years. But don't like, you know, oh yeah, and in five years the earth is completely going to be destroyed. It sounds a bit like it turned into that thing about that newspaper that, you know, the guy early gets edition. The early yeah. edition yeah. Well, concept. there was also, there was also, of course, True Calling, in which Jessica Alba lived someone else's death overnight. That's right. Uh, I don't know how many series that got or when it was broadcast. We might have had to have added that to the list. 
Yeah, it wasn't Jessica Alba. It was Elise Jushku who played face in Buffy, in fact. And so, yes, it's almost certainly in the 2000s. Don't know how many seasons it had. 2003, final 2005. So it was a two-season wonder. And yet yeah. it never turned up on any of my lists of things that should have been given a little bit of room to grow and become developed. And do you know why that is? Because it was rubbish. There is a theme to tonight's show that this, this, well, well, this, in, well, indeed. Are, are we? Are we? Are they just kind of firing things out? Because this is the gold, the golden age of television is dawning, and and they, are they just like, hey, we can we, we can make these kind of series now, but they don't quite know how to do it properly yet. I do think that there is a thing where it's like it's fifty fifty, and when you get the things that get more seasons, you tend to get a better quality because people lap it up. The, the, with these shows that get two seasons, there are some shows. You know, I'm going to say, there could have been more Firefly and it probably would have been fine. But <clears throat> Odyssey 5, that was, it lost, it got lost. It totally went off the, off the piece and just disappeared. Dark Angel, deeply okay. You know, like really seriously okay. Well, um, you know, in an alternative universe, I'm sure we'd all be sitting around here going, oh, Firefly, yeah, that was a good series. My God, this series five was rubbish, though, wasn't it? Well, exactly. That is a thing, you know, it didn't get a chance to suck. So, cool. I, you know, I think people were annoyed with the fact they didn't even get the series finished off, I think. That was yeah. rude. Um, but Justin, is there something that you pick out of the list that you yeah, would like to... Lost Room. Lost The Lost Room. The yes. Lost Room. If you haven't seen it, go see it. I'm giving you five seconds, and then we'll start talking about it. <laughs> should, I, should, I, should I mute for a moment because I'm actually track this one down? Yeah, it is a it is a, a definite. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, I think we can say without going into what oh. happens at the end. No, no, okay, we can do the premise because the premise right, comes up in the first five minutes. Pretty astounding. Yeah, the premise of this is that there's a guy who was. What's really funny about it in retrospect is that he works for was it Portland PD, <laughs> and he's in Portlandia. That's just <laughs> hilarious. Anything that happens in Portland is now hilarious because of Portlandia. But yeah, he wears Portland PD. Uh, apparently he was in ER. That's where he's from. But I didn't watch ER, so I didn't really know that. On a case that's a bit weird, he discovers this motel key, motel room key. And his daughter finds that if she uses the motel room key, she can open a door and it goes to this motel room and it's not the door it's like the door is like a closet in their house and it's like wow there we go and so he's like oh that's really weird and then he goes into the motel room and the motel room is pretty bare it's like a really basic cheap motel room and then he finds that if he opens the door back and he hasn't really thought of anything it picks a door that has a handle and a lock somewhere in the world at random and opens there uh, but if he says, oh, no, I want to go home now, and he closes the door and he opens it again, he goes home. So if he concentrates on a particular door, he can go there. It's like, what the hell is going on? And that is a very good question. And then more stuff mm. happens, and it all revolves around this bizarre it's, key that opens this into this I, hotel. I know and the objects, the objects that were in the hotel, when they're taken out, have strange... Abilities. Yes, and the key is like one of the, um, the key ones. And it is honestly utterly absorbing. It's such a great thing, and I think I love it because it, it was originally a miniseries. There's like six episodes, and it's a beautifully complete. 
Yes, it is. Very it's nice very, story. It's very, very satisfying. And they didn't make any more. And in some ways, I'm rather pleased they didn't make any more because it's just a thing. And you watch it and it's like wrapped it all up very neatly in six hourly episodes. I will always tell people to go and see it because it is one of the most absorbing, interesting kind of sci- bit of sci-fi on TV that I've seen for some time. It just is such an intriguing idea and it, it surprises you constantly. And I think, I mean, the thing is that I think that, because it was a sci-fi miniseries, I think it was kind of like an extended pilot. They didn't want to make a whole series, but they thought that it had legs. So they made this thing and obviously not enough people really glommed onto it at the time. So they went, well, we'll pass on making it into a series. Uh, but in a way, unlike Firefly, I don't meet many Lost Room fans. Um, I, I, most people don't even know that it exists. No. So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing because it is just a thing which is like you can sit down for four and a half hours um, and just watch it. And, you know, it's like a really long feature film and it's a, a beautiful little complete thing. So, yeah. yeah. So if you haven't seen it, please check it out. You That time invested will be invested wisely. It is, it is cracking. Yeah, I mean, you could spend the time that you, you, you know, you could get that time, you could spend it and you could think, wow, I could have been watching the remake of V. <laughs> and who wants to do that, really? Yeah. Did anyone see any of that apart from me? Yeah, I did see some of it. And how did you feel about that? Somewhat disappointed. But I mean, I'm someone who remembers very fondly the original series and certainly the, the original kind of mini series. Um, so it would take an awful lot to kind of top that. But I don't know. I just find it a bit anemic and well, kind of, you know, rather than V, which is very obviously here, here's what they're doing. Here's the resistance against it, all that kind of stuff. It was a lot of a lot of stuff where you just oh come on, just for God's sake, just show you know rip the skin off. We want to see the lizards. We want to see something. We want to see the sand sharks. We want to see. We want to see. It just seemed a bit like yeah, uh, just very slow burning. The point where obviously people just gave up on it. I think. I think well, you've got to take to look under the hood. You got to look at the original V series. I think. Where the sci-fi was actually an element added to it because they wanted to tell a story about um, society falling into into dictatorship, didn't they, or something? And and science fiction was the method they chose to tell that story. It was a combination of two people coming together and going, "Well, how about we do it this way?" Oh, that's a, that's where we can tackle the story. Uh, so you straight to you know it's a, it was a story about a resistance and from the onset. Whereas when it came with V the remake, it comes in being a science fiction series. It's very quickly discovered that the aliens have a nefarious motivation in the original series. They want to steal our resources and rape our planet. But they want to string this out and make it like they have a, a more ambiguous reason in the remake series about why they're doing all this. I don't believe they ever get to the reason. Oh, why I seem to remember things. this, which is the point why I just went, this is stupid, is that, you know, giant spaceships arrive and the person that we see who represents the church just went, oh yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, that's right. Uh, God accepts aliens. They're, they're fine. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. I'm sure they wouldn't just roll over on their belly and just go, yeah, all of that. We're not going to question any of that. All that's fine. Well, there is, there is also the fact that, and this is the, a more fundamental error. The he- heroes, the, the characters who were the protagonists, I don't feel quite like common heroes for this reason, is the fact that what would happen is 
They would start, they would find a problem, they would uh, think, I'm not going to stand for this. Then some kind of moral ambiguity would hit them in the face and they'd have something like, oh, are the aliens up to this or are they up to that? And then they'd go and, and, and or they, you know, and usually they'd lose quite depressingly. And then they'd all go and sit around together in a room going, oh, we'll never beat them, will we? And you're like, oh, what a bummer. Every episode is like, oh, there's just only four of us in a room. How are we ever going to overcome this alien menace? And you're like, I didn't, I didn't tune in this show to get depressed about the fact that four people are never going to be able to fight off an entire <laughs> alien armada. I've played Space Invaders. Four of them is three more than I had in that. You know, it's where's, just, yeah. Where's, uh, where's you think about the V, this series, and by the time you get like to the fourth episode, they're like, it's a band underground rebels. Yeah. Storming enemy bases, gunning down soldiers left, right, and centre. As a kid watching the V series, it was tremendously entertaining. It was Star Wars, the TV series. But I mean, and this is the thing, right? The V suffered from a thing that some of the titles on our list suffered from. Uh, v, Stargate Universe, uh, Caprica, probably Flash Gordon, although I didn't actually see that, so I can't tell you. Possibly Invasion, those ones there. Those series suffered from the fact that they very heavily were TV executives going, ah, that new Battlestar Galactica thing, that's yeah. good. Can you do that? Oh, all that kind of yeah. ambiguous moral, um, you don't know who's who, or you don't know whether these are right or these are, yeah, I don't like any of that stuff. I like the direct. Um, I mean, the, the worst, for me, the worst offender is Stargate Universe. Mm. This is one of the things I can never understand when people take something that's enormously popular and just go, hey, you know what? There's loads of although this is enormously popular, there's a bunch of people who don't give a crap about it. And what we want to do is take that thing and strip out everything that all the people who like it like and try and make something for all those people who don't give a crap. <laughs> so, why? Well, they, okay, fine. I'm not saying that those people who don't like Stargate or Stargate Atlantis don't deserve a television series to call their own. What I'm trying to say is they don't want a Stargate show to call their own. It's Stargate for people who don't like Stargate. What? Stop! Just don't call it Stargate. Call it depressing people uh, on a ship with a maniac. That's, that's, uh, you know, and do not Stargate. No Stargate. Terrible. Ooh, and what made it worse was all the... The, the ten people who came out and went, oh, I always ate Stargate, but that Stargate universe, oh, that was beautiful, that was. I'm like, get off my Stargate. Mm. Just go away. Go and watch BSG again or some rubbish, depressing, awful thing that is your cup of tea. And leave me my fun science adventure thing with silly aliens and alien planets and people in dudes in armour and... Leo, you know, they, you know, they haven't uh, taken away your precious Stargate and Stargate Atlantis. They're still there. Well, they exist in the past, yes, but people yeah, are quite... Well, exactly. It's a franchise, isn't it? So you're looking... You want it to continue. You can't just keep... Looking I'm, at I'm sure Stargate will be back at some point. I'm positive of it. Well, they're talking reboot now. Reboot. When, when you don't need to reboot it. But basically, when you lose touch with your fan base, I mean, that's a pretty much, that's a cardinal sin, right? I mean, you're making it for people, and you just want to make more of the same, or little Yes, little but if they ever came back, it wouldn't like, be the same like people Star making Trek it now. 
Anyway, yeah, I, I agree. I, I saw a couple of them and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to. Well, well, what was, I mean, yeah, because I mean, the fundamentally, I thought, you know, I watched the first couple of episodes and was just like, this is not Stargate. And then I was like, it was it's on resource some, management. It's on it was, ships. it was on some, uh, on demand service. Like, I'm going to give this a bigger, better try. And after six episodes of a 13 episode series, they still hadn't met another alien race. And I'm like, no. One of the fundamental things about Stargate is that they meet other alien races. It's fundamental to the setup of the Stargate. So I went online and went, when do they meet the aliens? They went, never. It's all about them arguing with each other as they fly through Stargate space. Because Stargate Universe on implies that it's going to open up the universe yeah. so that you'll see more things, surely. That's yeah. what I would buy. Instead of, I'd be like, oh, it's like Stargate, but like bigger. Yeah, a bunch of people arguing in a flying coffin not really my kind of cup of tea. But some people liked it, about 15. So, yeah, call it a win, I think. No. Uh, let's move on to something a bit lighter uh, that didn't get more than two seasons. Reaper. Who yeah. saw Reaper? I saw Reaper. I enjoyed that. Did you watch all of Reaper? Um, I think I've seen the first season. I've seen all except, I think, one and a half episodes. Right. And I'll tell you what happened there. It was on an on-demand service. I was watching it quite happily, and I got to the end of the first season. I started the first two. We were just watching at our own pace, and mm-hmm. a- Amazon went, oh, we're going to take this way at the end of the month. Oh. You better watch more. And we were trying to cram them all in. I remember watching, like, one of them. I'm thinking, well, if we start watching one now, then it'll let me finish watching it after mm-hmm. it goes off. No, we hit midnight. Oh. We were 20 minutes in. It went, no, this isn't here anymore. No, that's rubbish. They just switched it off. I, I, I like, enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it. And I Good was fun. like, right, well, if you're going to be like that, I have no interest in having anything to do with this ever again in my life. And I might have bought it on DVD or a lot of things, but it's like when the actual studio that controls the rights pulls something like that, I'm like, I'm not touching it ever again. So there we go. I'm sure they weep into their cornflakes at that prospect. But, yeah, I'm not playing games. I'll just not watch it. They, they don't want me to see it. I don't want to see it. There's plenty of other stuff to watch. I think it suffers from the fact that it's like Kevin Smith, I think, is a man who is used to not really being accepted and, and sort of having things that fail and that they're not that good. Or and people see them as not that good. He might be proud of them, but people don't get it. They don't go behind it. And so he, I think he was expecting he'd get like one season. It'd get cancelled halfway through. It'd have some good knob gags in the first 13 episodes and it would just be forgotten. Clark's the animated series and all mm. stuff like that. Instead of which, people kind of stuck with Reaper. Mm. And I think what really killed it in this case, what reaped Reaper, was them going, um, but, uh, what? Um, what do we do with it now? People are watching it. Mm. What do we do? What do we do? Uh, you didn't know. Uh, well, I suppose we've got the devil in it, and he's reaping for the devil. Uh, do an apocalypse. Quick, that's what we do. Throw, throw an apocalypse at it. It's a funny apocalypse. I was just like, oh, dear. It kind of suffered from completely losing track of uh, what it was supposed okay. to be doing. That's a shame. Uh, another series that uh, we're going to have to look up, because I've just realised it should probably be on here and, and isn't. It might even have the hallowed three seasons. Dead Like Me. I don't believe I, I did not get to three seasons, I believe. Yeah, I started watching that. Two seasons. Uh, two seasons, yep, should have been on here. Now, that's interesting. Yeah, because I quite like that. To compile this list, I looked at things that deserved more of a chance. And I, the thing about Dead Like Me was that it was a supernatural series that 
the people who made it were like, well, the supernatural element, although it's there, is kind of a metaphor for being at a time in your life where nothing's really going anywhere and all the people in it are kind of stuck in a rut because they're dead and they died in a particular circumstance, which leads to them having to collect other souls like after they've died and sort of philosophically interface with them. Like you don't know where you're going because you died at an awkward time and the people you collect they're going somewhere. So it's the only way that you're going to have enough personal growth is to watch what other people do when they're dead. And so you're forced to do that. But then sometimes it becomes awkward and you're there. And then the whole thing of like, you look, you real people can see you, but you look completely different. There was lots of nice stuff in yeah. there and it was pretty good. And the only thing was that it was really hard, I think, for people to get their heads around the fact that, well, it's not supernaturally. There's no enemies or, mm. you know, it's all philosophical. It's all quite emotional. Yeah, that, that was definitely one that that's, that's like an early casualty of the golden age of television sort of taking a, a prop, you know, having a problem series that it didn't really know what to do with. And therefore it, it interestingly, interested. interestingly, the uh, creator of that series, uh, Brian Fuller went on to do pushing up daisies as well, which is a yeah, pushing okay. daisies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Of course, pushing daisies, which again, well, I think the pushing daisies, I watched all of it through, slightly gritted teeth. Well, the, the thing that really annoyed me about it is that you got this one guy with some magical power and then nobody else on earth, not one person they ever encounter, despite the fact that the tweeness and the strangeness and the, the odd circumstances and everything, nobody else ever has that another ability of any sort. And I know it's not like Quantum Leap with the Leaper and the Evil Leaper and all this kind of stuff. We don't want to get into that situation but is it not just a bit weird that there's this one guy once and that if you if you'd kind of thrown in a few other people who had other weird things but just as a kind of and it's like furniture but it really bugged me it was like sand in my shoe the whole time okay so it did two seasons didn't it yeah two yeah. seasons I, I really like the first one actually i think the, it was stretching it a bit but I very much liked the quirkiness of it, I must admit. I kind of bought into to, that. To this day, I still occasionally look at someone and go, oh, hell no, in in the manner of, uh, what was his name, Fish was his name? The, the detective. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It, it, um, I thought it was, per- I, th- I say certainly the, the first season, I thought it was per- very charming. I, I liked all that kind of fairy tale kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, but that's the thing. I think that what was missing... Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think when it, you... Get- cr- when you create this thing where it's like there's this guy with a magical thing, if you then go and here's three other people, but I they just pass through. I think it would have given it the longevity and obviously it just yeah. ran out of steam because yeah. there's only so much you can do if you only got, like, say, one character that can do. Well, it, it becomes a big question as well. Why? Why yeah. is there this one guy who's got this weird thing? Whereas if you just have other people pass through who also have some bizarre it, talent or it power, did feel like, it means that the universe feels bigger. It did feel like the second season, certainly there was a change of hand somewhere because it had lost some of it and it would seem to be re hashing things and i don't know so perhaps uh, that could have been uh, another one i think that fell to and now this is a weird one jericho i don't, much of I don't really understand why this failed if i'm honest what happens is at the beginning uh people set off suitcase nukes at various 
parts of the US and the entire US collapses into it. So, and Jericho is a small town that's miles away from any of these big cities, so it doesn't get caught in the fallout. And it happens to have a mine of some material that's very important for surviving in a post-nuclear wasteland. Can't remember what it was, but it was, I thought that was quite neat. And it's basically a soap opera of the days after the actual nuclear apocalypse. And, and it was just amazingly good. Mm. Like, so involving, and I think it just... I think, and I don't know if the network moved it around when it was originally broadcast or what happened or, but I cannot understand for one second. I mean, it got, I mean, it got enough fans that it got this tiny second series to clear it up purely to shut up all the people who were just like, how can you cancel this? It's friggin' amazing. I mean, I believe seriously the network wanted to just kill it. I think the networks have become a bit more savvy about it. Like they've managed to come up with a number of strategies to ensuring that a bunch of people won't write to the studio and go, what is going on? But in the early to mid 2000s, it was the age of people mounting huge letter writing campaigns and spamming networks until they like were on their knees going through all this mail saying, how dare you cancel my favorite show? Farscape gets uh, the Peacekeeper Wars and uh, Firefly gets Serenity and Jericho gets a, a, I mean it's un, you know it's unprecedented the only thing it ever happened with before was Star Trek and it, it hasn't happened again since you know shows now get cancelled and that's the end of that Alphas uh, I mean th- that was even the subject of a Big Bang Theory gag about you know how could you possibly cancel that? I'm going to write to the <laughs> network, and at the end it turns out that the ideas for season three were rubbish, so it's probably best it got cancelled. Which ironically is probably one of the strategies that a network has taken to kind of go, yeah, if it gets cancelled, it's probably because we've had a look at what they're planning to do, and it probably sucks. So just leave it alone. There's a possibility it might be coming back. Poor ratings was okay. the uh, reason. Yeah. Given. Well, it's a discussion on here. It is like last year, so I don't know how far ah, that's down, but okay. Netflix apparently was interested in Well, Netflix would make Netflix would be a good place for it to go. That's the thing. Netflix is coming. Doesn't It, it said it wasn't going to make a habit of saving shows, but it's now saved, what was it, Arrested Development, mm-hmm. and it saved The Killing, and... Uh, Amazon say, Amazon Prime saved Ripper Street and Yahoo, who had for some reason decided to save Community. Uh, that's the new thing. Yeah. Oh, letter writing campaigns to get a second curtailed TV movie. That's so last decade. Mm-hmm. Now we get obscure streaming services well, to save a series. That's, <laughs> that, that's fine because these series are already a known commodity, and so that's easier to market. Also, it's a subscription-based service, so people who want it buy it. I mean, on a network channel. Yeah, right? but they were very keen because what I mean, they started to talk about in Netflix and things like that, not just dumping an entire season on at once because they were concerned about people signing up to the service, binge watching X and then cancelling their subscription again. And then when they hear, oh, Orange is the New Black 2 has just dropped, I'll get a subscription again, watching it all in a month, and then cancelling their subscription again. I'm like, really? You're going to ruin everybody else's life because a few people who were never not going to be dicks are dicks. 
That's ridiculous. I mean, all they're going to do anyway is wait until you've finished your series. What are you going to do? Keep like going, oh, we've got all 12. Now we're going to go back down to two. Now we've got all 12. You know, you're not going to do that. So they'll just wait until it's all there by their month subscription. So why make the rest of us suffer? Terrible, terrible idea. That's the new thing. But there's a few licenses that that didn't do terribly well. Uh, And I don't think there's any licenses that did do great guns. I'm looking at you, Dresden Files, Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm. uh, And uh, what was the other one that I noticed down there? Oh, well, Caprica obviously spun off PSG. Uh, Stargate Universe we've already talked about. V Remake, The Twilight Zone Redux. Flash Gordon, yeah? All of these series died in the womb for many different reasons. I believe that, I'll just briefly do Flash Gordon because we none of us have seen it, but I understand it was about as much fun as a small block of wood. Well, I understood they, they took away all the elements that essentially Flash Gordon and just, you know, some kind of dour, kind of dark sci-fi thing. Which is just, I mean, it just boggles my mind. How yeah. do you do that to Flash Gordon. Basically, the show notes for the tone of a Flash Gordon television show is like, you get a television, you go, what we're going for is this. Press play, Brian Blessed go, Gordon's alive! Pause. I mean, that's the whole you know, series. Even if that's you, just it. Even if you tone down the campiness nature of it, you can still, which I don't think you should too much anyway, but anyway, even if you, but apparently they've surgically removed everything from it, so. Yeah. In which case, all the names, I'd imagine, would have sounded incredibly silly. It sounds yeah, like they were, they, were, they were fighting against the 1980 movie of Flash Gordon, it, it sounds like. It was an overreaction it's, to it's, it. It's a name, isn't it? So they thought, we'll cash in on that, and we'll make it all, you know, cool and dark and everything, because that's like sci-fi, that's what everyone wants. Well, it doesn't have to be um, camp, but it is, it is pulp, you know? Yeah, they don't, pulp is not, is not, uh, uh, no, that doesn't sell yeah. on TV at the moment. Um, so yeah, while we're, while we're on the uh, topic there uh, of something that we're t- now, I understand, and I haven't watched it all yet, and I've watched a bit, and I quite liked it. Sarah Connor Chronicles. What happened there? You watched that, didn't you, Ian? I've seen it through to the uh, bitter, unresolved end. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What happened there? It's a, Terminator is a hard concept to turn into a series, I'd say, especially given you know the constraints of. Well, he's, he has to go on to this future that we're never going to reach where he becomes a resistance leader against the machines. Um, so it's, it's very hard to, you know, ducking the, ducking the Terminator of the week situation. What happened there? I, I'm not entirely sure. I think people just turned off. I was following it. It was getting somewhere interesting, but it, it, I think it took a while to really start paying off the biscuits. I think is perhaps the issue. Um, the second right. series, the second series, does feel a bit more like there was interesting things there, but they stretched over. I mean, they focused in on the human resistance, and uh, the human resistance is also time traveling back in time, and there's various personalities right. and plots going on there. It's kind of is there, but you, you don't really engage with it. There's kind of an, a third faction that sort of starts popping up of machines as well, which have their own objective. I don't want to give too much away. Maybe it might have been better to set it in the universe, but not have a key character from two two films, very yeah. popular films, because recasting that is always going to be Although it has to be said that if you're going to cast someone for a television series about the Terminator as Sarah Connor, Lena Headey was totally the way to go. I think the, casting, I, the casting was fine yeah, for the still, series. 
it's kind of confusing when you're watching it because you're kind of going, okay, so this is a different version of reality. It's just an extra level of like yeah. it could just have been. They could. I have just done. kind of. It's not impossible it. for this. To, I mean, people say, oh, they made a point of saying this is not where Terminator Three is going to go. But be honest with you, you can yeah. still kind of act because the, the the marker they did that was was by saying that this Sarah Connor does not have cancer. But it's like, but at the same time, it's like she could still develop it. We don't know why she got leukemia and died by the time the third film comes out. So you know, maybe there's some heroic raid in series seven of Sarah Connor Chronicles where she irradiates herself, and, and that's how it all ties up. And then they time travel back to where the, to where they're supposed to be, and you can pick up the third film where you where you want to. So it can all still tie together. Why would you bother though? At the moment, however, it is completely broken as a narrative that has to uh, fit in with everything else that's going on. De- definitely by the end. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick us out of this now. We're gonna head for the exit, but before we do, we have to say a few words about the Dresden Files. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think one of the big problems that I can see in retrospect with the Dresden Files is in their choice of Paul Blackthorne as Dresden. Not because he's bad, because that's not where I was gonna go with this. But the fact is that until I saw him again in Arrow, I was like, I suddenly realised he hadn't been around enough for you to go, oh, that guy, I love that guy. He was just Dresden, and there he was, and you didn't really understand what he was trying to do. And then afterwards, when you see what else he does, you go, that was really good, actually. That was super good casting, and it really didn't, it didn't hit you. You didn't go, that is perfect. And I think there were many people who probably were reading the books at the time and went, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. But not enough people read the book to get how good mm. he was. And then the second problem it had was it's in the books, you kind of accept that it's vampires and werewolves and ghosts and fairies and, and everything, everything magical. It's all real. And obviously on a television show, you're on a budget. That's one thing that goes against you. But then the second thing that goes against you is that people are like, what the hell is this show? Uh, I thought it was very good. And I think they had a genius moment. In some, some respects, the bit that's better than the books is the portrayal of one of the characters. And in the, in the books, there's a basically a, um, an intellect spirit trapped in a, in a skull called Bob, who's, who's great, is kind of lecherous and, uh, but, in the, in the TV show, obviously, you couldn't really show just a talking skull, so they, they, you know, they manifested him. And I thought that was actually great. I think actually, I thought it was a really smart move. I think there's a lot I like about it. It's, you look at it and you, as a fan, cause I'm a big fan of the books, and you kind of go, it's actually doing its own thing, which is smart, you know, but I really liked him. And I just liked their version of that because it was obviously much more affordable and they didn't bother with fairies and any of the craziest stuff. They just kept it more urban and more more kind of weird supernatural with vampires and stuff thrown in. But, yeah, that's the thing, though. As a fan, yes, I suppose someone bemused looking at it is going, you know, it's a big world of craziness and you're tapping into this. And, yeah, I can see see your average punts are probably going, Whoa, this is not like Monster of the Week. This is like a whole universe of weird stuff and just we're just assuming that everyone knows that there's vampires and werewolves and And I think yeah, well I think there is okay. also the, ob- the the problem is that to a, a certain type of casual viewer, it kind of goes they don't know where they're going with this, it's just all over the place. It's like no, it's got a very it's got a very firm 
foundation and the people who've made it are obviously quite enamoured of it. And it just needs time to get yeah. going, and and it didn't get it. Yeah, so very sad. Uh, so yes, now we're going to go out by. Um, let's go to the UK briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this time, uh, we had a couple of shows that didn't last very long. Uh, one was called Afterlife. The other was called Apparitions. Uh, Afterlife was a two-season show about a sort of medium, a real medium who see ghosts. Very much, I see dead people. One of the creepiest shows that ever was, due to the fact that we had Andrew Lincoln, now of The Walking Dead fame, as a sceptic, and then Leslie Sharp as the medium. And as we know, she's an amazing actress. And it was just incredible, like really cool. And had a fantastic end. It was supposed to be what it is. If you haven't seen it, go and find it. Watch it. It's brilliant. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, apparitions uh, is is just as well. Uh, if you remember, we once discussed ultraviolet, mm. the television show about vampires. Well, the same guy who did that did another six part series with ultraviolet. They kind of thought it might take off with apparitions. He was like, nobody's going to buy into this, so let's just make it a story about a, a, an exorcist. It's like the ex the Scottish exorcist, the television oh, series, yes. and, uh, and 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 in exactly the same way as ultraviolet. Every episode takes a different attitude to the possession of people by demons mm. and tries to string it together that the devil is in fact like in one. In, like at the end of the very first episode, someone gets skinned. And you get this, wow, this guy's been skinned. That's crazy. But then it turns out to be a reference to St. Bartholomew, who was skinned. And then they track down a lampshade from a concentration camp that is made out of Jewish skin. And they say what the devil is trying to do or this demon is trying to do is portray hell as a concentration camp and the angels and God as Nazis. And is that true? And it makes it does the whole thing that ultraviolet does is making you think, does the devil have a point? And then at the end, he totally doesn't. But yeah, again, very fascinating. You're always kind of thinking there's always two sides to it. It's very deep. It's very complex, very rewarding for those that want to go through it. And when you get to the end, the end is bonkers and silly, but it is at least they've kind of gone. We're not going to get a second series of this. No way. So they do this whole crazy end, which I won't spoil for you. But it is just, yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, then we've got Regenesis, uh, which actually had four seasons in the full long run. But it's kind of a show that's kind of been disavowed by its network after. The, the first season is pretty common. You can get that on DVD. Uh, the second season was released for about five minutes, and you couldn't get that. Three and four, absolutely forget it. Now, Regenesis is uh, renowned for being one of the most sciencey science fiction shows ever, to the extent that it almost wasn't a science fiction show. It was just some show about a guy with a whiteboard who worked out stuff about diseases. But they were science fictional diseases, you see. Um, it was very cheap telly and pretty decent, actually, and benefited greatly from having Peter Outerbridge as the main actor. And he was absolutely brilliant. And then, in fact, had in the first season Ellen Page playing his daughter, uh, which was even more interesting. So, yeah, that's good. Uh, but don't break your heart over the fact you won't see all four seasons because you just can't. Mm. As far as I know, maybe things have changed. Every time I say something like that, they go, here's the deluxe four disc box <laughs> set that you wanted. Um, well, so you I'll see that more. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> what was the last one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to say a few last words about Boomtown. 
what they did was they went, hey, you know how you have workplace dramas about like a hospital or a police station or lawyers? How about if we just had one Uber version of that where you see like an accident that was caused by someone and the cops come and their characters who are regularly recurring but then the ambulance crew turn up and they're doing stuff and and then then later on it's a bit like law and order because the lawyer gets involved or maybe the mayor's office and so you build this whole kind of it's an infrastructure show showing the infrastructure of a city and how the people know each other and you know the police officers know the ambulance drivers and blah 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 uh it struggled on gamely with that theory for about three episodes before realizing the budget wasn't in it. It continued with its kind of Rashomon thing of doing the same event from different perspectives. But it essentially settled down into being the Neil McDonough and Donnie Wahlberg, I think he was. Yeah, Donnie Wahlberg show uh, where they were cops and he was a mayor. And And it wasn't bad for that, but it did kind of wimp out on its original promise, but was still pretty good for that. So, uh, yeah. That, that, I think, runs us through. Well, uh, actually, you've points. missed one, which I'd like to quickly which highlight. Strange, 2002, written by uh, Andrew I didn't Marshall. How many seasons that got? Yeah, one. I didn't know how many it got one season. Got. It fits our criteria. Ah, right, okay. And what happened in that? Tell me all about uh, it's about uh, John Strange, uh, played by uh, Richard Coyle, who is a defrocked priest. And basically, I suppose the format is uh, each week there's a murder, and the murder turns out to be a demon. Well, not, not quite yet. It, it's basically a supernatural series. Uh, I suppose it is a little bit like Supernatural, I suppose, in a sort of way. He goes out there and he goes and catches demons. That's his job. And he's uh, routinely blocked in, in his business of tracking down these obscure arcane demons by uh, Cannon Black, played by Ian Richardson, who's out to kind of suppress suppress the truth about all the demons that are knocking around there. Maybe for reasons that he is in league with them, but we never know because it stopped after one season. Uh, there was a pilot, I think, in 2002, and then it was over a year before the six-episode season got commissioned, and it had time slot moving around issues. It, I think it did poorly in the ratings, but I watched this series and I really liked it. I really Strange. enjoyed Strange. It's, uh, it's the old uh, apparitions guy again, isn't it? Joe Ahern. No, no, no. Um, uh, Andrew Marshall. Who is this? No, it was Andrew Marshall series. Um, who directed oh, it? Right. I'm not I sure. Joe Ahern was involved in it. Uh, he might have been a director. I can't see it listed on the wiki. Uh, I'll have to go look it up. But um, yeah, it, it, apparently it's done so poorly in the ratings. They've never released it on DVD. It's one of the few sort of genre series the BBC have made that have never gone to DVD. And it was, it was good enough to do it. I never understood why they just haven't bothered. Uh, maybe it's because it was a co-production. I don't know. You think the co-production people only is on DVD? Worth a punt. Someone's got, someone out there has liked this series. I did. Where is it? I do, um, remember, I do remember watching it. Or yeah. Part of it. Um, yes. And right. This is the very last thing I'm going to mention now because this is just weird. Okay. And you won't have seen it. You've got two series. Uh, I never heard of it. Uh, it's just this thing where it's like, who would watch this show? And the answer is me because I'm just fascinated by the idea that someone would even think this was worth a punt. There was a show that came out. It was actually, I think, based on a book and a chick lit book. And it's called Being Erica. And it had this woman in it. And basically the, the the thing was this woman had like a bad day or so, like a really bad day. And then she bumps into a supernatural psychiatrist. No, really a supernatural psychiatrist. Yeah. 
And he is the power to back to the future into or and sort of mixed with quantum leap. Bad parts of her life that where something happened. She can't change anything, but she re-experiences like her regrets and gets to live and learn and all this from that. And then stuff happens in the modern era. And it did go for two series. Actually, uh, uh, it went for four. Four? Yes. Oh, well, I saw two series and the second one had second series has. Yeah, but it has a pretty definite conclusion. Are you sure it wasn't two seasons that were split up to be four? It was split over four years, certainly 40 episodes. Ah, right. No, it is. No, it's because they were quite long seasons. They were like two years between them. Yeah, 2009, 2011. So yeah, so in the end they decided, so they probably, it was one of the, oh well, 2009, 2011 is well into the era of the, hey, let's have a mid-season break. Uh, which probably didn't help it at all, but what didn't help it even more is it's like, who is this series for? It's supernatural, but not that supernatural, but it's weird enough to put a lot of people who don't like that kind of thing off. And yet, on the other hand, it's not su- yeah, and therefore it's not supernatural enough for people who like things that are supernatural. It's kind of caught in this no man's land of, of not being either thing or the other. I quite enjoyed it, but then that's because I like weird stuff. I, I think that is a fitting end to this uh, journey through this sort of hinterlands of weird uh, shows. Um, and I think. To come full circle, one thing that I've kind of realised during this discussion is that Firefly hangs out quite comfortably with the rest of the party. You know, not saying it was bad, there are bad series in there, but it does have that uncomfortable, I don't know where I'm standingness that is the hallmark of many series that were cut off in their prime. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that shows, you know, it kind of te- gives you all the answers, really. Never quite found their stride. Never quite found that compelling thread. Um, It's nice to see. I mean, some of the things that we've mentioned are were designed in a way to be short, Mm. and that's that's nice. Uh, But you know, yes, I mean, if you put like what's it, Dresden Files, Firefly, Regenesis, Jericho, Boomtown. If you put them all in a room together, they'd get on fine. It'd be a nice party. Because they're all like, yeah, we didn't quite get the enthusiasm that we were looking for. So yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think, I think, um, sometimes these things go on too long. Certainly in American series, the season after season after season. So maybe sometimes it's better that these things should stay as they are as uncomplete masterpieces. One of the most frustrating things, which many of these things, not all of them, but many do manage to swerve past, is that feeling of complete unresolvedness mm. at the end. And the thing about it is, when you only get that many series, there's only so much stuff that can remain hanging around, not being resolved. I think what we, I have an instinct that when we return to the subject of 2000s telly and look at the golden age from the things of the, the winners, if you like, the, the things that like have gone on for a longer time, when they end in a way that's unresolved, there can be a hell of a mess. Because they've been going for ages and suddenly they're all stopped and they didn't answer any questions uh, at all. So, yeah, you know, that's that's what it was all about. So, uh, yeah, cool. 
are there any more final thoughts to bring up? I think we've all pretty much been conclusive. Uh, so if anyone, uh, if anyone, uh, wants to, uh, lobby the studio for the cancellation of the 80s kids, uh, where might they write to an executive who would be suited to that, uh, mission here? Well, one place you could go would be our Facebook page, which you can find on Facebook forward slash Revenge of the 80s Kids. And that's 80s as in letter, uh, in the numbers, sorry. So 80s, uh, please go there and like our page and, uh, please, you know, bombard us with demands to cancel our show. Uh, but, uh, so we put links to a podcast as well as links we find interesting. But podcasts are what it's all about. And for those who want to point your web browser towards 80s kids, and that's 80s as in letters, so E-I-G-H-T-I-E-S kids.podomat.com, uh, please go there and subscribe to our podcast using the podcast aggregator of your choice or download your PC just in case it never gets released on DVD. Uh, but this is only where most recent podcasts can be found. For the legacy of our council show you must go to uh, uh where you can look at a bunch of stuff but most importantly for our purposes the archive of our old shows is there and you can go all the way back to season one whatever that portion of our shows that might be so yes go there and enjoy that uh and if if you if your ears are needing a rest but your eyes are feeling a bit <laughs> hungry where might they go justin to see some stuff that Good well, um, you can see some examples of some of my work for some projects that have yet to see the light of day uh, and are in limbo rather than being completely removed from uh, and and uh, and ended. Uh, and that's on my DeviantArt page under my uh, um, name, justinwhite.deviantart.com. Uh, so yeah, so uh, that's it. And now uh, what's going to happen is basically uh, a man's going to come into the room, point the gun at us all, and we'll go, oh no, whatever should we do? And then it's ended, and you're never going to find out. So sorry about that. Uh, bye. Uh, but <laughs> think of the children. Very Sopranos of you, Ian. Yes. Bye. Good show, everyone. Good show. Yeah, it's, 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 it's That went all right. It's time. Oh, no. Whatever shall we do? Hmm? Hmm? Outstanding work. Yeah, well done, Matt.